episode 109 with Grace and Paul. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. You're so welcome. There are so many things I want to ask you and I want to dive into because I'm fascinated by what you do. But I have to start with, what is a geomancer? A geomancer is someone who uses the forces of the earth and, and I use the forces of the cosmos to align people's energies, to allow them to create and manifest on really deeper levels that you're not actually doing it on your own. You're doing it with consciousness that is out there in the universe. So you're not having to put the burden of creation on yourself. Nature knows how to create all the time, so may as well use her wisdom. I love it. <laughs> she definitely does. <laughs> yeah, and I think that taking on that burden is something that women do so much. It's like, I have to create, I have to push, I have to force. They just, do, yeah. Yeah, like relaxing into nature. Like, she's got this. It is, yeah, she's got this. It's, it's what I would call the divine feminine mm. principle, the dynamic. And we as women embody that dynamic we are creative we are generative we're designed to do that but I think so much nowadays we're brought up almost to be pseudo uh, masculine and that actually takes our power away from under us it's about tapping into who we are and feeling fearless to be that and just go with it so that sounds great and in practice can be a little bit more challenging (laughs) it can yeah it can be more challenging and you know it's not I I know that through hard slog myself how hard that is to the depths that I've been to actually unlocking that inner power and using the landscape using nature around me to help me create the life that I want so yeah it can be extremely challenging because we are so riddled with our own internal script of what we can't do and what we can't achieve and why we're not good enough and what will other people think and to be a woman is this and to give is everything and to our own detriment so it's about unpicking all of those really self-limiting beliefs as well that trip us up all the time very much so I know um, I have a background in corporate and that is incredibly masculine and even the women are masculine it's kind of it's, it's trained into you yeah. Coming out of that environment to kind of find the feminine and find the flow, it was like, what, what is this? Like, this is me, my natural state. It felt so alien to me. Yeah, it can feel really alien. And it doesn't mean you need to, you know, go romping through cornfields in the summer with daisies strapped to your head and big floaty dresses on because you know I'd fall flat on my face if I did that I'd get my foot in the hem and everything that'd be me gone you know so I'd be creating my own crop circle as I rolled about trying to get up out the dress (laughs) but it is about yeah it's about finding that essence of femininity that is real because we're either pseudo masculine or often we're pushed down the pseudo feminine role of tattooed eyebrows and tans and you know this impossibly imperfect idea of cartoon of femininity whereas actually the real feminine dynamic is much more real actually much more raw um because it, it is the it is the survival mode it is the mother instinct it's also the giver and the carer but there is that dark side of it to it there is that there is that killer instinct as well there's that femme fatale the seductress there's all those kind of aspects within us that we don't actually play to and when we play to all the variety all the different colors the light and the shade the good bits the bad bits actually they allow us to unlock so much more of ourselves that sits us sits our soul 
really within our heart, mind, and within all our energy centers and chakra mm-hmm. systems, it sits within all those, it taps into all those energies. And then that's what enables us to go forward and go, do you know what? I'm doing this. I'm doing it with love. But if you don't like it, I really don't give two hoots. I'm doing it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the feminine force. And feminine it, force, yeah. It is supposed to be reckoned with. Oh, very much so. When you think about, you know, the powerful women in history, everybody from Cleopatra to, you know, women now, Michelle Obama or whatever, they, they all epitomise this powerful woman who's powerful in herself yeah. and is not there as a support act. She's there because of who she is and has her own things that she wants to achieve. She'll be supportive and giving at the same time, but she still stands firm within herself. Definitely. A leading lady. Yes. So one of the things I have definitely noticed kind of in the spiritual kind of entrepreneurial world is this idea of kind of the goddess. And I love the goddess, but it can be very flower crowns and very much mm-hmm. the pinks and the lilacs. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do wonder, like, it feels like the, under, the underlying power just isn't there. I, I feel it's a slightly fluffy version yes. at times of... Um, because that's acceptable. That's acceptable female power. Whereas if we go back to the darker goddess symbols of ancient mythology, these goddesses were terrifying. You know, I wouldn't want to rub them up the wrong way. You know, (laughs) it was like, you know, if they walked into my living room, I would be bowing down and worshiping. No two ways about it. So yeah, there's, there's very much this light pink slightly fluffy aspect to this yeah. kind of spirituality which doesn't I have to say doesn't always sit comfortably with me if it does with other women and that's where they are in their development that's fine but I I went through that phase very quickly and for me it lacked depth yeah. because of how I see energy I've always been able to see auras energies and chakras and to me it barely scratched the surface and I thought you're not digging into this enough and that's when I started to delve deeper into neuroscience and all sorts of things and why these why the energies that I see were reacting with certain brain waves and certain moods to work out what was really happening and how we could tap into sources of power I could see around people that just weren't accessing I love that and I think you're right I think you know if that's where people are on their journey that's fine but it does lack that depth and I think increasingly we're waking up to that where it's like there's something there but it's just not enough it's not enough. Yeah, that's where I come from. I, you know, when I work with women, it's they often come. They're very, they are spiritually aware. They may have done years of spiritual work. They've done courses. They've done this and that, but they're only scratching the surface. And there's still all this sort of idea that simple things can help you. Like, you know, I've got some crystals on my desk, and it'll be like, you know, oh, I'm having difficulty in a relationship. Well, having an amethyst help me. And when you talk to them, they're in an abusive relationship. And then you think, well, quite frankly, that that piece of amethyst is only going to help you if it's large enough to cause blunt force trauma. You know, it's (laughs) and use it as a weapon. But actually, energetically, no. So there's this kind of all these sort of urban myths, if you like, that touch on the surface and are nicey-nicey solutions, things about twin flames and soulmates. And I don't actually buy into any of that stuff because I think there is a millions of people we can have great relationships with if we meet them they will all be different but I don't think we've actually got a twin frame I don't think we've actually got one soulmate I think we've probably got millions out there it's just a question of us engaging in decent relationships as a woman that's firm in herself but yeah so there's all this sorts of stuff online that I just think 
good God. It, it, they become like, um, it becomes like a pseudo faith, like a pseudo religion almost to buy yeah. into this stuff that actually you absolve yourself. You, absol- you, yeah, you kind of absolve yourself of responsibility for your own actions by touching on the manifestation, touching on the crystals, touching on the tarot. It's as if, oh, things are happening beyond my control. Things are happening, you know, over there. And I just, I'm not part of it. So you're absolved absolving yourself of responsibility for your own actions and your own power and I think that's what I have difficulty with this sort of pseudo spirituality that only really touches on the surface and doesn't really dig down into deep doesn't stick the stick into the bottom of the pond and drag all the murk up because you you only deal with your stuff when you start doing that and it's you know it's not pleasant and nasty things rise to the surface and go gloop and smell you know but that's we've got stuff inside us that we need to dig out and I think some of this pink fluffy spirituality just sticks a sticking plaster on it and sooner or later it's gonna come back and bite you on the bum yes never pleasant and I think that's definitely something that women are waking up to because certainly what I've observed is it's getting to a point where I think that kind of pseudo faith spirituality whatever they call it the pink and fluffy movement is actually starting to hurt women because it's actually keeping them down it's not allowing them to kind of drop into their true power that to rise as is empowered creatrix the feminine force that they are they're kind of getting stuck on, you know, but they're going to go to this circle and like these candles and kind of do this. It's like, but there's so much more within you. It's not happening to you. And it almost feels like they've kind of, they've exchanged one world in corporate, wherever it was, to this new world where they're still not actually empowered. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They've just moved from one set of dynamics to another. Mm. So one's incredibly pseudo-masculine, and one's it, it say almost taps into that pseudo-feminine of if if we sit around burning scented candles long enough, all will be well with the world. Well, of course it won't. You, you it doesn't. If only it was that simple. I wish. But yeah, and you and you ascribe to this other set of rules of um, how spiritual you you are and the kind of work language that you use and how you present yourself, and it's like another uniform. And I, I agree with you. I think it, uh, there's a lot of women. It, it doesn't, I, I see it more and more of women that it not sitting quite comfortably with them, as I say, because it's kind of pushing them into um, the role of princesses and fluffy unicorns. And actually, you know, that's, again, that's just pushing you to another extreme. It's not finding your deep inner power, like you say, which is, you know, can be terrifying. When you, when you start to unlock it, it can be when you realize what you're actually capable of, it can be like, whoa. And people can be a little bit shocked when they unlock these energy centers and mm. unlock this part of themselves they didn't know was even there. It's exciting, though. It is exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Our energy centers work on many levels. So I'm, I say I'm very fortunate I've always been able to see them real 3D out in front of me. Mm. I manipulate people's energies. And it's like there's a whole raft of depth that you've got here that connects out into ultimate power. And we're contained within these little, little tiny, little surface energy things. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating. But that's that, that, but that's our soul's path, isn't it? We have this incarnation to grow. And if we were grow, if we, we came into the world with everything working fine and having no lessons to learn, what would be the point? You know, struggle is an inevitable part of life that enables us to grow. Mm-hmm. But it's just how we deal with it. Very much so. And I think that that struggle part of its purpose is to bring us back to our soul truth, you know, our true depth. And it's kind of to do the unveiling, the unlocking, the delayering, 
And, you know, to see what the truth is within. And I think that's what women, but people in general, women, people, men and women, are waking up to, <laughs> is that actually this, this power force isn't outside of us. No. We have the ability. It's within us that we have the ability to tap into it. And I think that's not a new concept, but I think it's kind of being awakened in a new way right now. I think it is, because it's definitely not a new concept. I mean, you know, all forms of religion, spirituality, since time immemorial, all have this concept in them that we are created in the divine image. Mm. But I think it's been slightly distanced from us or misappropriated. And our modern, particularly Western society, just doesn't really leave room for that. It's kind of like an add-on, you know, I'll, I'll get up and I'll be 10 minutes spiritual in the morning, then I'll go about and do my normal life. Whereas actually that kind of divinity, we are its embodiment. We are embodying the divine every minute. So how do we want to use that embodiment? Because if we're not living our full selves, if we've become hampered by all this sort of doctrine that we take in from word go then we're, we're not really embodying the divine so it's a question of like say of tapping into that but yeah our ultimate power is within ourselves and I think I think we only really unlock it when we've actually been to the depths as well when we've been to the depths of despair and really difficult circumstances that's when we've got nobody else to rely on and we've got to parent ourselves and drag ourselves back up again I think that's when we find out what we're really made of we'll either sink or we'll swim and, you know, personally, I would learn to like to learn to swim very quickly. Yes. Yes, let's not paddle on the depths for too long. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can wallow, but, you know, yeah. give yourself a little bit of a deadline and go, right, I've had a bit of a cry this evening, but tomorrow I'm back on it. You know? Definitely. I was having this conversation with a friend a while ago. It's like, and she asked me, but do you think you need to go to the depths and have that breaking point before you kind of break free? And I was like, I don't actually think that you need to, but there is something about when you're out of options, you'll kind of get real enough and raw enough to be like, okay, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway. Or that's certainly been my experience. Yeah, it's been my experience. I think everybody's depths are different, isn't it? I think about your your depths are dependent on how um, spiritually or self-aware you are. I think probably the more spiritually aware you are and the more self-aware you are, the deeper your depths <laughs> that you can go to because yeah. you're challenged on deeper levels. Yeah, we both raised our eyebrows. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we can be, we're capable of being challenged on deeper levels because we're moving into that next level of awareness. But I think, yeah, there is that point of when you've got no options or perceivable options in front of you that you have to, that it focuses not just your mind, it focuses your mind, your heart, your soul on what am I going to do? And it's that sort of laser vision where you are completely aligned physically, mentally, emotionally to creating a solution, even though it can feel really uncomfortable because through change there is inevitably resistance. So it can Mm -hmm. feel emotionally draining, physically draining, but it's that push off into the next thing. So I think, I, I think, you do need that challenge to really embody the next stage of your learning. I think when it becomes, if it, if you perceive that it can be, I mean, I don't saying it has to be difficult. I've just personally not experienced it as being easy, but that can be because of my own internal beliefs that I perceive that it has to be difficult. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. It's 
it depends what your point of no return is. Like, we, I, I cannot do this. It, this cannot continue. It's that moment. And it's like, well, how deep and dark is that moment? You know, how, <laughs> yeah. how, how, much, how far do you have to think before you're like, no. Like, just yeah. that. There are levels to that. And everyone's different. It's where you are on your own journey. Yeah, everyone's on their own journey. So, like I say, some people will break at what others would think oh god why has that got to you so much but we're all different so you know if what I consider not trivial if I can see someone struggling with something that's to me not such a severe problem then it's easier for me to help them because there's normally a very clear and couple of quick steps and they're out of it but um I think when we're also we're inevitably on that journey of helping other people because we have to be one step ahead, only one step ahead of the people that are trying to help, but one step ahead nonetheless. Yeah. The the more you progress that journey, the more you get people coming to you with more and more issues getting through. So you, so you have to inevitably go more and more deeper and darker to, to, to know that you've come through it yourself. And you can say, well, actually, yeah, I have been there and I've been to the depths and homelessness and, you know, alcoholism and myself, abusive marriage and everything. It's like, it doesn't get much worse. And yet I'm through it and, you know, and, and I've now got a successful life. So you, anybody can do it with enough focus and enough grit, determination and self-belief and self-love. Forgiving yourself, self-love is everything. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's massively undervalued, like the power of self-love and power of love in general. But I think you know, self-love has had a bit of a pink and fluffy moment itself of it being bubble baths. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, that's not actually self-love. I mean, that's nice. and that works for you, that's fine. But it's so much deeper than that. And it's it's transformative. It is very transformative. Yeah, there's there's self-care, isn't there? Physical self-care of your body, your mind, emotions. Then self-love runs to the depths of how do you want to live your life and be treated I mean as an example when when I left my abusive marriage and that had been 12 years I was in a, a quite a bad state and you know but you have to find a job you have to create a life and then I went into a job where my boss was actually a mirror image of my abusive husband mm-hmm. and it was dreadful I found myself going in post-traumatic stress disorder and all kind of things And then, you know, I had no other job to go to, but the ultimate act of self-love for me was just leaving that job. And I had nothing else to go for, and it left me incredibly financially vulnerable for a while and in real difficulty. But if I'd have stayed with it, to me, that said, you know, you hadn't learned the self-love that you you learn actually from leaving that marriage. Don't put yourself through it again. So for me, it was a short, sharp lesson again in don't be treated like that. And for a brief moment, you know, well, a couple of months, yeah, things are really difficult. And then the opportunity started to come in because I had demonstrated my commitment to myself that said, I'm not going back down that path. I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt, got the scars, you know, I'm ready for something new now. And then by demonstrating your commitment and your self-love and the universe kind of goes, you mean it because of the way energy works from your mind feels from your body. As soon as we feel something, it's instant. Our vibration, our energy, our aura sends out, fields of information energy out into the universe and instantaneously we get a response back it's just how we deal with that whether we recognize it whether we intuit it and most importantly how quickly we act upon it whether we procrastinate and over logic and overthink you know we get intuitions and insights all the time if we act on them quickly 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 they get stronger and stronger and stronger and the opportunities get more and more and more and then that's when you know you kind of like you're living in sync with yourself you're listening to yourself you're asking for what you want the universe is giving it to you but so often we block it Mm. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> We've all yeah. done it, haven't we? We've all done yeah. it. And then go, oh my goodness me, I didn't see that for what it was. Yeah. You know, good good things and bad things. Sometimes we've missed okay. good opportunities and sometimes we've put ourselves through bad experiences unnecessarily. But but I don't think there's ever a wrong or right answer, is that I think there's a there's an experience to everything. That'll yes, just be different. Very true. That'll just very be different. True. Absolutely. Everything's learning. It's all experience. Yeah. So I love that you can see auras and chakras and all the energy building. It's amazing. Like, I can kind of I can sense them, but I can't actually see them. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, it's a very yeah. I've always been able to do it. It's um, to me they look like these massive moving fractals, okay. and I don't see I don't see uh, chakras the way people perceive them as color. I see them actually more in the Hindu, the way the Hindus draw them. It's these constantly moving um, lily forms, lotus flowers okay. that open the yeah. petals, all these colors on. And then when there's disharmony and discord in them, that's when problem people have problems in that energy center. So it's about rebalancing that pattern. Yeah, oh yeah, I've lived in a technicolor kaleidoscope world of energy ever since I was a child. I've never, I've never yeah. not seen it. Yeah, I'm Maybe. very blessed in that way. Definitely. So one of my questions is around so everything is energy. We have thought forms, we send out lots of energy, lots of information in, but sometimes things just don't seem to work. We get stuck in a pattern. It's like, why isn't this working? You know, I'm doing the mindset work. I'm doing energy. I'm not seeing the results. And I think at that point, people start to think, like, am I not doing it right? Have I still got things to clear, to heal? Am I not aligned? And it's like, well, where is it? Yeah, I think there are probably four processes I would go through, really, because um, we can often think we're aligned mm. because we're going through a practice. But actually, we also need to notice when we're not aligned and we can often slip off alignment so that we don't really notice we've become unaligned. So it's that constant checking in of what do I feel? Because if you're doing something and it doesn't feel right or it doesn't conjure up good feelings, I mean, we all have bad feelings as well, but there's a there's a point of feeling within yourself that you learn to recognize as alignment. And, and a lot of people will do alignment and they'll journal, and they'll think about it. But one of the other huge triggers, of course, is your subliminal and subconscious mind. It's really about unpicking on a conscious level those beliefs, and that's where your journaling really does come in, and that's where group sessions and one-to-one work really does come in, like neuro-linguistic programming, to unpick what you're saying, and then learning how to rewire your mind to think differently that you are worthy and you are abundant and what you have is uh, a great offer and great gifts to be into the world and to feel it at the same time and to learn to shift that vibration up because manifesting takes time in that the universe has to provide you with opportunities and things and synchronicity and all those kind of things for you to take advantage of. So there is a time period through that, but raising your vibration is instant And so as soon as you feel excited and good, you put that out there into the universe and something will come back almost instantaneously. And learning to not let that subconscious reel of, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, why isn't this happening? To learn to quieten that down enough so that you can feel and tap into those forces is crucial. Normally, I'd say people have normally got somewhere within that, the balance of alignment, knowing actually really what they want because a lot of people are also quite vague in what they want I don't want this life but I don't know what I do want 
We'll write out what you do want, exactly what you want, how much do you want to earn, by when, where do you want to live, what do you want to look like, what do you want to be wearing, what car are you driving, how much money in the bank. You've got to be really clear on your goals and your truth. Why are you doing that? Is it for you? Really you or your family or what other people think? What is your ultimate truth? Raising your vibration and being aware of those subconscious programmings are really four crucial steps and um, then once you get that ticked, then then you can start tapping into forms of consciousness that are called the more than human realms of consciousness that are out there in nature. Mm-hmm. That's your guides, your spirit realms, nature consciousness, divas, all those kind of things that can help you create. And once we recognize that actually we're not the only creator of our reality, there are co-creators of reality. Then once you clearly state what you want, and if you come with honest and open intent and you're trying to create something great, like societal change, I want to look after the environment, I want to do this, then they will all kick in and help you. And that's an incredible experience to see things manifest really fast, really quickly, because you've actually got a support team behind you. is an incredible experience. What if we just want to make money? Because we just want to make money. Have the next thing. Well, that's 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 fine. That's <laughs> fine because you know money is the money nowadays is the energy of survival. Money is only energy of vibration. It has to circulate, and yeah, it's like yeah, you just want to make money. But again, it's that truth. You just want to make money for what? Now you might think, oh, it's for the big house, it's for the nice car, it's for the travel. Those things are great, but actually, what you want them for, isn't it? Is how they make you feel. Mm-hmm. Owning a nice car get, enables me to travel. And that makes me feel good because I get to explore. Owning a nice house is great because that makes me feel secure. It makes me feel proud. We want things and we want the money because of the feelings that that engenders in us. And that's what, that's what they talk about, alignment. It's feeling that excitement, that fulfillment as if you've already got it. And that's one of the crucial things you have to learn how to master. So even when you've got nothing, you've got thinking, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not even enough money to gets to the end of the month you've still got to think you've still got to walk like you've got aurigs in your own back garden and diamonds on the soles of your shoes you've got to strut your stuff and you've got to go do you know what i am bloody incredible and i can rock this shit you just excuse my friend yeah. <laughs> and, you've got, and you've got to walk around like that going hey you know if only you knew how brilliant i was and you've it's not faking it till you make it because if you feel it those feelings are authentic in you. There is no feeling that isn't ever authentic if you feel it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're feeling it. So it doesn't matter if you're saying, but you haven't got oil rigs. It's like, I don't care. I feel as though I have. And reality is created by your feelings more than your, by your emotions, more than your thoughts. Your thoughts can hinder you, if you like, but you can mm. override those through your feelings. And then your subconscious mind will pick up on that vibration and start to go, hey, do you know, Maybe I am brilliant. Well, it doesn't even say that. It goes, I am brilliant, because your subconscious mind doesn't question anything that you program into it. So, for instance, if we get up every morning and we say to ourselves, I'm fat and I'm ugly, your subconscious mind doesn't say to you, no, you're not. You're not. Honestly, you're not. You're great. Your subconscious mind just sits there and goes, I'm fat and I'm ugly, and just acts accordingly. There is no questioning um, fraction of your subconscious mind. It, it just is. It accepts everything as is. So if you tell it, what you want is, I am brilliant, I am beautiful, I am successful. Then if you start practicing that over like 30 days, 60 days, write it down every day, that then starts to reprogram your mind. So your subconscious rhyme, rather than getting up every morning and starts going, I'm fat and I'm ugly, it starts going, I'm beautiful and I'm successful. And then that's when you give out that vibration. So the world gives it back to you that you are beautiful and you are successful. Mm-hmm. 
it just takes a little bit of time to rewire your brain. That's all. 30 days. <laughs> you know, and 30 days and it's a big thing we're doing. 30 days is really entrepreneurship. It is, yeah. It's in fact time, universe and everything. You know, 30 days. What's 30 days? Like I say, it's nothing. Imagine how far the, the Earth has hurtled through space in 30 days. How many million light years? I mean, we, the planet, you know, is hurtling through space. Where you were yesterday in the universe is certainly not where you are today. So, you know, you've left. There's a lot of distance between you and yesterday. So forget that. You know, it's millions of miles away across space. So, you know, we're only ever in the now. So it's about living in the now. Definitely. And I think one of the things that I that I've struggled with and I also my clients have struggled with and like my friends and everybody is when you want something that isn't in your current experience it's like and trying to get into that vibration of what you want from where you are and then stay in it when like your your eyes tell you you don't have that like that's not here yet it hasn't arrived yeah yeah but I can um, see it coming yeah like let's say you know I don't know you want a great big new Range Rover then you know it's like make space for it on your drive you know sweep up where it's going to go you know imagine the fluffy dice you're going to hang off the mirror or whatever you're going to however however you're going to ruin it when you get hold of it (laughs) steering wheel cover you know (laughs) throw back to the 70s um but it's yeah it, it really is it's like um go book a test drive in one you know, go to the garage. They don't know you're not going to buy one just right now. Go and I, I've done that. I've gone and took a test drive in a Maserati. Because and why not? You know, why not? I want to own a Maserati and I'm nearly there. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, but you've got to act. It's true what they say. It's you act as if. And acting as if doesn't make it an act. It means you are acting in the way that reality can then create, like I said, in, in line with the vibrations that you are giving out. So it is important to act as if it's not a false thing. It's not that you're not being authentic. You are aligning your your life now to the future self that has all the things that you want. And that's, again, that's where journalings and affirmations come in, don't they? The things that you say to yourself every day, like every morning, I'll get up and say, I am a highly charged money magnet. And the more you say it, the more it becomes real. The more you manifest things, you think, well, wow, look at that. Where did that come from? You know, thank you so very much. Great. I'll take it. Yeah, you know, I wasn't particularly concentrating on manifesting money yesterday. By the end of the day, I'd realised it's not a huge amount, but it's like, oh look, there's 480 quid that I didn't have this morning. So it's cool. just actually, yeah, it's better than a poke in the eye of a blunt stick, as my mum would say. So it's like, you know, it's just come out of nowhere. And when I started this, I used to think, no, money can't come out of nowhere. You've got to create mechanisms. Mechanisms are easier, but once you get into the swing of it. No, it does come from places that you think, I never would have thought that. And then all of a sudden, there it is in your lap. And that comes from having faith and practice and being open to everything. How do we get into the swing of it? I would say give yourself strong, practical things that you do every day. So it is true what they say about writing out like three affirmations that you write out every morning and and it's about building up incrementally so for 30 days let's say for 30 days you write in the morning three affirmations and they might all be about money you know you might decide to write every morning i am a highly charged money magnet when i spend money more will follow or you know it's okay for me to have more money than i need so that you're not just living month to month things like that and then your to-do list would be you write three things that you're going to do that day that are working towards achieving that. So if you're building a business, you know, it's three business strategies or three business tasks that you're going to do that day. 
And then you're journaling, and that would be involved digging deep. So you can start journaling small. You can just start thinking about things that happened to you in your child. How, how did your parents live? How did your grandparents live? Where, where were you brought up? What was people's money mindset? Because money is the thing that holds most people back, let's face it. you can Because money nowadays is the energy of survival. Yeah. So it's a really, it is the thing that holds us all back and understanding the energy of money. And I think the real shift for me came in, in realizing that the energy of money, for some reason, I'd always perceived it to be masculine. And I know this sounds strange, but when I tuned in, everything has a, a consciousness. So mm-hmm. when you create a business, it has a spirit of your business. Your home has a spirit of the home. It's common in many cultures. So when I started realizing, I thought, well, money, money must have a spirit. It must have a consciousness. It must have a diva. It must have an okay. elemental. It has. It has to have. We have created it, but everything takes on its own life. Money has its own life. It's not dependent. You know, there are so many contributory factors. And when I tuned into that money, I was really surprised to find I found it to be feminine. Now, whether it is or not is different, but that changed my perception of money as being not a controlling factor, but actually being a creative and generative factor and a partner. And what I started doing was I, every morning I light a candle. I was lighting a candle to the spirit of my home, welcoming in the spirit of my home. I was then welcoming in the spirit of my business. And then I started welcoming in the spirit of money. As a, So I would see this triad, if you like, of consciousnesses in my home. And then I started to see them clearer and clearer and clearer. So they become like collaborative co-workers, as I say, in your mm. reality. And to greet money with love, not fear. That's the huge shift people have to make, is that when the brown envelope comes through the door, you don't look at it and slide it onto the windowsill and and then move it into the kitchen and then think, well, I'll put it with that paperwork that and tend to spend five days opening it because you know it's connected to money. It's about every time you spend money going, plenty more where that came from, and looking at that bill or looking at your bank statement, you're dreading and going, right, what can I do about this? Okay, I'm up creek without a paddle with regard to money. So what do I actually need to do? Right, I'll ring the bank and tell them. And you start having these conversations about money and not being afraid of it. And that then starts to change your relationship with money. You just, you, it becomes less the be all and end all. And then that's when it's like, it's like relationships, isn't it? Money, money is like the, the perfect boyfriend that you can't have. And you chase him down till he's going, get off. And you <laughs> limp it like on his leg as you, as he's dragging you across the floor, you know, that's not a good look. And then when he does turn up, you go, Oh God, you don't come often enough. You know, you always leave me on my own. I mean, if, if you were, if money was a man, you know, money's not going to stick around and be treated like that. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, you need a good relationship with money. You need to change your relationship with money to change how it manifests in your life. And money, of course, is so linked to our own self-worth. So then we're back to the subconscious program beliefs of what we're worth, what we're here to contribute to, to, to on the worldwide level, the worldwide stage. You know, it's about learning that, yeah, people, I actually have got something of value. And actually, people who really want to learn in it will commit with money. Because otherwise, how are they going to do it? You know, energy is the money yeah. and like I said, money is the energy of commitment. So it's about refocusing on your relationship with money and taking that fear away. Otherwise, we counter manifest. So we put all our positive affirmations and we're doing all this stuff and doing all this stuff. Our energy is going one way, but we've got this mirror energy the other way that's riddled with fear of if I don't do this great stuff, this terrible thing is going to happen. And that's actually where our subconscious energy is sitting then in the fear 
of what might happen if we don't achieve X. So ultimately, we end up manifesting the fear. We end up manifesting the worst case scenario, not the good one. And that's because fear is, you know, such a powerful emotion mm. and normally written so hard into our hard wiring. It's fear around money. As I say, it's money is the energy of survival nowadays. So that fear is actually a real primal fear about our physical safety. It's a, it's a genetically hardwired fear about surviving that has been put onto money. So you have to keep saying to yourself, you know, I'm fine. I've got food. I've got clothes. I've got a roof over my head. I've got clean water coming out the tap, hopefully, you know that I can physically survive I can get food you know enough to survive I haven't got to worry about that and um and just change your relationship with money and talking to your banks and things like that when things are difficult you know there are lots of support you can get and things like that to realize that actually you don't have to sit there terrified of every bill and terrified of your bank statements and you know looking at god every and and seeing money is more fluid and collective you know or i've got to get a job to earn x amount you get a job to earn x amount but you might find you can do some freelancing for this and sell some stuff on ebay and be a bit more free and easy about money because the more the more frightened we get of it the more pent up we get in our energy and then we chase it away we chase it away so it's about really learning to relax about it no definitely i think a couple of years ago when i was in a unhelpful situation with my credit cards <laughs> um, yeah i've been there <laughs> yeah and it was like i don't want to look i don't want to even statements don't want to look the emails not gonna look but the most empowering empowering thing that i did was actually to sit down and look at everything and actually yeah. call up the banks and sort out the payment plans it's like and now i know what to do but it took away the fear it takes away the fear it, yeah. was, it was built up into like this massive snowball of fear around my credit cards i was yeah. actually it was like okay now i know what i'm doing and I can yeah. take action and the fear just kind of melted. It's amazing. Yeah. And there is, there is lots of support available. There are, you know, for, for people in debt, there are charities. You can, like say, you can go on payment plans. You can, you know, you can, you can ruin your credit rating by having some of your debts written off. But, you know, it, 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 whatever is right for you at this time. But, yeah, yeah, it's fear. A lot of it is just fear. And, it, you know, it is, I mean, I have a monthly spreadsheet now to chart all my ingoings and outgoings. So I know exactly where money is, where it's coming in, and where it's going out so I learn you know I have a very fluid relationship with money now that I didn't before like I said I was just riddled with fear and then I thought you know I'm chasing it away aren't I you know and when it shows up even if it's 5p on the floor universe doesn't know it's 5p you pick it up my kids are always going to be god you're picking up 5p or a penny I'm like yeah it's money <laughs> and I'll pick it up and go yeah I found money and it's only like a penny and they're laughing at me because it doesn't matter the universe knows that I love money you have to really love money not be afraid of it you have to I learn am, to love yeah. it <laughs> I am that person on the street that sees two pennies like yes I am abundant I'm yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a yeah, weird I'm abundant yeah I'll just scrape this bit of chewing gum off the corner of it it's been welded to it for the last five years but yeah I'm abundant <laughs> it's money I, yeah. Yeah, I receive yes yeah, bonus it's money and free chewing gum it's a win <laughs> It is. It's about being grateful for every little thing you've got. So the gratitude mindset is so important, but it really does make a difference. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it's just, you have to get yourself to slack, don't you? You just have to try doing something every day. And yeah. you know, like I said, it's write three things down that you're really grateful for, write some positive affirmations, start to, and just start digging. And once you start digging, you'll come across people that can help you. Or you'll find a book or you'll do something. And you know, sooner or later you might get into mentoring but it's just about getting that ball rolling 
and knowing that whatever happens, you've got it. You've got this. You've got the tools within yourself. They're just not always easy to find. Mm. But, you know, we can all get there. We can all do it. I think it's getting this action, isn't it? You start taking the steps and things just kind of come. Yeah, it is about taking aligned action because you can... You can sit on a cushion with your legs crossed, meditating with a lotus flower strapped to your head from here to eternity and receiving inner guidance by saying it's the speed at which you act upon it that makes all the difference and building those actions into your practices. Like so with your journaling, your morning affirmation. But then it's like, for me, it was like learning when those intuitions were coming through, I'd get an inkling about, well, why don't you ring so-and-so on Thursday or don't go to that meet. Hold, don't hold that meeting there. Go, go there and hold it with that person. And then inevitably, I'd bump into someone that I hadn't expected to see. That said, "Oh, I was looking for you because of X." And these opportunities, and it's just about hearing that intuition and going, "Yeah, the speed at which you act upon things is crucial. Once you decide to commit to an action, take it straight away. The longer it takes for you to take an action on a commitment, that massively increases your chances of failure." We know this for studying people's habits. So if you say, right, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Oh, I won't start till next month. You won't start. If you say, all right, I'm not going to go to the gym because that's beyond my level of commitment at the moment. It takes much time. But I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk at lunchtime today. And it's now quarter past 11. So at 12 o'clock, say, I'm going to go for a walk. And you do it. You're much more likely to do that the next day and the next day and the next day. And you do that for 30 days. And then you think, what else can I bring in? So just do one thing for 30 days. And I think, right, what else could I bring in now? I'm going to have one less cup of coffee a day. And then you start having your 10-minute walk and one less cup of coffee that focuses your attention on in the second 30 days because the first 30 days has already become a habit. And it's gradually working through those monthly cycles, which are actually quite important because our brain chemistry works on monthly cycles with regard to the moon. So we go through different brain neurochemistries altered by the moon so if we go through a monthly period with the moon kind of in 48 hours when that all dies down you'll feel better again inevitably they do so it's about us also learning what we're not responsible for that we can't actually alter we can't alter the flow of the moon you know the orbit of the moon we can't you know we can't change the solar system but but what they do do these things is if we've got internal problems that we're not addressing they will put a spotlight on them so astrology in effect you know people say oh it's the moon I'm, i'm going to feel x the moon or the stars or where you are on the earth won't make you feel anything it will just put a super spotlight on those issues that you either need addressing, it can make them worse. But on the other hand, if you've got successful and good habits that you're building in, it can accelerate them and make everything better. So it's just, it's those forces, those ebbs and flows within the universe that it's useful to be able to tap into them to understand what's going on around you. You know, if you could ride the crest of a wave rather than paddling upstream, you may as well ride it was my philosophy. Because I could always see earth energies, I'd go, oh, I'll now would be a good time to go in that direction or now would be a good time to do x because that's what the world is doing so i may as well go along with the flow of nature because she seems to know what she's at so i'll follow her (laughs) she's got it it fairly nailed (laughs) definitely yeah so in terms of the moon and our our brain chemistry are there particular phases of the moon where it's better to or like more helpful to start new habits 
Yeah, I mean, like the, the third quarter phase that we're in at the moment where we're coming up to a new moon, our dopamine levels are really high. So it's a good time to be sort of social and out there and doing things, but we might lack a bit of focus. We might just be more sort of, yeah, it's time to party, go out and enjoy yourself. There are other times of the moon when we're more introspective and detail focused, when that for particularly for business planning, that's a good time to sit down and go, right, what do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? And then there are other times where we're like, yeah, so there's, there's really different times, but I would say planning is good in the rising, so the new moon phase so after the new moon up to the first quarter that's kind of like your planning getting out there stage the full moon is the time to go out there and go yay this is what i do and then we see what's happening in the last quarter so we're quite social so we can go out and talk to people and say what did you think about what i was doing particularly in business or how did that sit with you what feedback have you got this quarter is a good time then when we go into the new moon again when we've got no moon kind of thing that's when we sit and look at what we've done again in that month and then we react accordingly. And the, what the moon does in a month, the sun does in a year. So in terms of my high-end clients, which are looking at spiritual development to enhance their successful businesses, have already successful already, then that's about operating their business in times of the solar year. What forces are within the solar year that you can tap onto to now is a good time to market, now is a good time to launch the new initiative, now is a good time to do the Facebook advertising, because people of an x mind generally they're going to be more receptive to it they're going to be they're going to hear it better so all those kind of things are really important and they're just stuff that we don't we're not really aware of in modern times and actually it's kind of like it's sort of the way religion and science are split it's kind of looked at all a bit woo woo and i don't like the term woo woo that's another bugbear of mine we won't go into that now um <laughs> because there is a science to spirituality and there's a science to practice in terms of biophilia how we relate to our environment chronobiology our own internal biological clocks our own what happens within our body but we are so connected to the outside environment but we look at everything as in that's all down to me and it is so not there's such a lot of support and flows that we can tap into that I mean we can once we got rid of our own internal gumph which most people struggle with actually is don't take it so seriously as well have a bit of fun with it we can tap into these these flows within the universe that can really make a massive difference to what we're trying to achieve so what's a good way to kind of tap into the wider flow of the universe get out in nature <laughs> that's one of the things i commonly get people to do is just get outside because the light spectrum that you are involved in wherever so that like the blue green day spectrum has a real effect on your neurochemistry so there is a uh, a retinal thing at the back of your eye if you like that is actually an extension of your brain so the light triggers certain brain chemistry and being out at different times of day and night you need to be out in daylight and you also need to be out when the sun sets to encourage great sleep because the the different chemicals as they come neurochemistry as you come into your brain um at night you know eventually will produce a chemical that makes you dream which is actually a class a hallucinogen it's the same as ayahuasca just we produce it naturally in our body every night but we produce an animal form where if you go and take ayahuasca you know the um, plant-based form to have trips you're doing exactly the same thing but there's a crossover point where those chemistry starts to be created that enables us to have altered states of consciousness and we can particularly enhance that when we go to certain places where electromagnetic fields like fault lines, so sacred sites, basically. Most sacred sites are in the UK, or in fact, all of them within the UK, stone circles, 
are built near geological fault lines and geological fault lines have a huge effect on our brain chemistry. So if we go to sacred sites at certain times of the year, like we know ancient man did, we can tap in to alter states of consciousness to get those intuitions and insights that we can really feel and that we can make manifest through what we do. So that the, it's yep. fascinating. I found it, it fascinating. Oh, it is fascinating. And I was just thinking, I was in, um, in Glastonbury over, over AA, over Lionsgate, and it was, you know, the Abbey and the fault lines there and the ley lines, and it is just so incredibly powerful. I came yeah. back a different person. Yeah, there are certain sites that are incredibly powerful, incredibly meaningful, and that's why. And that's why historically we have been there and gone to these places. It's why we still have cathedrals, like I said, occupying ancient pagan sites. It's because there is a real physiological and neurochemistry response in these places that just lifts us out of ourselves. It stops us getting in our own way. We just feel connected to something that is more than ourselves. And that's a really important step to take in your personal development actually is connecting to the more than self that is out there there are other things than you and and it takes the pressure off you and you feel part of a collective rather than i'm alone and i'm poor and i hate my job and you know you know all those, we, all, all those fun thoughts you know that's I mean, we know this because they tell you know that we got forest bathing making a huge surge in japan and china you know getting people out there in greenery and we know that in this country there's forest schools for depressed teenagers we know that getting outside makes a huge impact on our mental emotional well-being so you know you just go for a walk around you around the streets, your local park, you know, just any patch of tree and grass you can get hold of. It's still nature. It's still nature. Definitely. And I think we know that and I think we forget that. Because we get out in nature, we feel better, we feel our systems relaxed. Then we get back to it and we forget. I think we forget, yeah. And I think that's why those little habits of, like I said, if you were going to go a lunchtime walk for 10 minutes and just even in an inner city there's always some nature about even if it's another ruddy pigeon you know there's always <laughs> there's, there's always something somewhere you know there's nature everywhere if you look and it's just realizing that actually underneath all this city underneath all this concrete there is rock there is soil there are streams you know there are things all around us just that we're not aware of you know every the whole universe is natural the sunlight the sky it's all nature and it's there for us all the time but we get so wound up in our little itty bitty lives that yeah. we become like a coiled spring of depression and scarcity. And then sometimes we just need to take a deep breath and go, hang yeah. on, you know, is this all there is? Yeah. Actually, no, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot it's, more. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, the sun will still rise tomorrow. You know, yeah. I can get through this. I think that's incredibly empowering to think that this is not the end of the world. I can get through this. It's empowering rather than being stuck in that think <laughs> yeah and it is I'll say when you've been to the depths yeah I you know even even when I was in my abusive marriage you know, at times terrified and didn't dare sleep and like after the children and I think god how can I get out of this and you know and then having to accept the fact that I'd put myself in that victim role and I was a co-creator you know I was a codependent in that relationship that horrible realization that you come to and you go oh dear you know but nonetheless yeah, getting up in the morning thinking, do you know, the sun has set and it will rise in the morning and I'm going to be here to see it and we'll get through that next day and then the sun will set and it will rise. And, and you think, well, I've got this far. You know, I'm 100% survival rate because I'm still here. So I've, not, I've never failed yet. Okay, you have your ups and downs. You might be temporarily broke 
as um, you should always describe yourself or temporarily cash poor. Never say I am poor because you are making a really positive affirmation <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> that you are poor. Um, and that has all sorts of connotations. So, you know, short on money, your language is very important. So it's important to, yeah, know that you have a 100% success survival rate and start to utilize your language slightly differently because that's really important in your psychology. So I'm temporarily cash shy rather than I am poor change your language it changes your language it takes how you feel about something so change your language find words that you are comfortable with that don't put money and your worth in the same sentence separate the two that's awesome yeah otherwise you're attaching money to your self-worth and actually yeah we want money but our self-worth is completely independent of money that's true and i also love what you said about taking that I'm taking responsibility, but also understanding that you are co-creator of the situation, even if it's a really crappy situation. There's actually something bizarrely empowering about that. Like, okay, I co-created this mess. I can co-create the solution. Yeah, if you can create a mess, you can create abundance. It's just <laughs> you just got to flip the coin around on yourself. But yeah, we are co-creators. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I've been practically homeless, alcoholic, in an abusive relationship. Oh, broke, brassic. Yeah, like I said, up the creek with that paddle. And it was each time sort of like lurch from one disaster to the next and sort of go, God, my God, what's going on? Why why does all this keep happening to me? And then there's that, there's that realisation that the common denominator in all those disasters was me <laughs> because I showed up in every single one of them. And it's like, hello. <laughs> we've all been there. Like, oh, yeah, we've all it's, been there. It's, it's me. Oh, it's, it's, still me. <laughs> it's, it's still me. Yeah. And just when you think you've got a measure of it, you know, it can go wrong again. And that, that's then not like, but often we are most tested when we are about to make our biggest breakthrough. So you think, yeah, if it, yeah. If it is, it's like, like I said, it's that resistance when we're going through change. Everything in us is trying to go, but I know I'm safe here and I'm moving into the unknown. So it's about feeling that resistance and then moving through it because what a lot of, um, that's the other thing that this modern sort of fluffy pink spirituality that I'm a bit concerned about with is people go, oh, I was going to do something. It didn't feel right. So I stopped. Um, no, there's a degree of what are you trying to achieve? If that, if you're hitting resistance, but it's in line with your long-term goals, if it's in line with what you want to achieve, you're hitting resistance as a challenge and it's for you to work through that resistance to work out what's coming up for you and to work through it. If you hit a wall and you say, oh, I didn't like, I felt resistance, you don't work through it, and then you just walk along the wall, you're actually going at 90 degrees to where you need to be. You can walk, you can walk along that wall for the next six years and never find a doorway. Sooner or later, you're going to have to realise that that resistance was something that you need to work through. Or you've turned around and gone the other way, which then you've gone backwards in life. So there's so much now that people say, oh, my intuition was, oh, it didn't feel right, so I didn't do it. But actually, you know, you've got to look at the truth of why you're doing something. If it's in line with your truth, your resistance was a lesson. It's a, it's a stepping stone. It's building your strength. It's building your resistance. It's, it's building your knowledge. You've got to work your way over or through that wall or whatever opportunities then you, things that come your way to enable you to get through or over that wall very much so and it's i find a similar thing with a uh, divine timing you know i'm waiting on divine timing like, well all timing is divine <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
It doesn't go, you know, one, two, three, four, twelve, divine. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is all timing is divine. You know, any moment is divine. If an opportunity, it's like Richard Bradson says, isn't it? If someone presents you with an opportunity, you say yes and you learn how to do it later. And that's really liberating as well, you know, because sometimes people go, oh, I couldn't take that off because I don't know how to do it. And I always say, what's that got to do with it? You'll soon learn. <laughs> you'll soon learn. When you when you landed in it, you'll pick it up real quick. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, never. If the universe has given you an opportunity, I mean, when I was younger, before I kind of went off, off track, I mean, when I was younger at university, I did such bizarre jobs. You know, I managed pubs. I worked in nightclubs. I worked in all sorts of photography labs. I worked in editorial because I'd be doing something really well, loving every minute of it. Someone would see me do it and come up to me and go, oh, I've got an opening for so-and-so. Would you like to do it? No experience, whatever. I'd go, yeah. And I'd just then go and do that the following week. And I had loads of fantastic experience because I just went into it without fear. Then life kind of caught up with me a little bit, as it does. And uh, I let myself get bogged down a little bit. And then you kind of have to learn to go into that. It's almost like, it's not childish, but it's like a childlike excitement about what the possibilities are. So it's not being silly, but it's that childlike wonder of, God, I wonder what's going to happen today. And expecting something wondrous and seeing something wondrous in the little things, you know, the way the way water splashes in a puddle, a robin having a bath in a puddle. You know, it's about looking at it and going, oh, look, what wonderful world this is. And then doesn't matter, you know, whether your shoe's leaking and you're starving, you know, see that wonder around you because that's when opportunities start to come your way. And you'll start to see more of it. And you'll start to see more of it. Yeah, once you see more of it. Synchronicity. Absolutely. Lots and lots of happenings start coming your way that say, you know, it's like the universe shouting at you going with a big red arrow going, here! Yeah. <laughs> and you looking around going, what? You know, yeah, where, notice, where? <laughs> where? notice synchronicity because, you know, the subconscious mind can't speak to you in a language. You, your higher self, help, higher self works through your subconscious. Okay. And your higher self knows the fastest, quickest way to do anything, but it doesn't speak english or whatever your language is it has to come through intuition it has to come through signs symbols knowing imagery um synchronicity it has to come through that other way of knowing that mm. in modern society we dismiss because it's unscientific um which is where we get this split between science and spirituality which has done our society no favors um so it's about the knowing that that knowing that consciously that there are other ways of knowing that isn't conscious and accepting those because that's that deeper part of yourself that is in contact with the divine and can tap into anything and know everything. And like I say, it can be in the background shouting at you till it's blue in the face. But if you're coming at it from a scientific, you know, I want to manifest X this way, da da da. If you're hung up about how things are going to happen, then you can be missing loads of things that are happening around you because you've decided it's got to manifest in that particular way. It's about letting go. It's about being receptive to all, all offers that come your way and not being um, hung up about how they manifest. So you might say, well, yeah, I want to get a new job. And you think, well, I want that job and only that job. Then you're ruling out all the other jobs that might come your way. You know, so it's about saying, well, I want to earn X. And I want to be doing something in that field by next year you know, give yourself a time limit and then watching what happens and acting upon it swiftly and seeing where that road takes you and just go for it, not worry about it. Mm-hmm. Get in that boat, paddle like canoe, and see where you end up. Because we'll like, end up somewhere. 
you'll end up somewhere. <laughs> and it, and it sh- it'll hopefully be better than where you were. And if not, it'll be different. But, yeah. you know, you just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I think trust, you know, huge amounts of trust come in. I mean, you start, you feel the opportunities, you start taking them, and then you just trust. You just keep going yeah. and trust. It is true. That the universe does have your back. And sometimes it's worth remembering that when we are faced with dire situations, it is actually for our benefit. It's it, We have manifested what we needed to take that next step. So it's kind of like, well, I'm, I've got to these depths now because something better is about to happen. But I need this toolkit with inside me, this mental or emotional toolkit. I need this inside me to enable me to take advantage of what's about going to happen. And it's, yeah, it's that trust. And it's always been clear to the universe what you do want as well, because let's say that's where fear comes in is that we can counter manifest. We can manifest our fears by accident. So when something's happening, it's important to say to the universe, you know, if you've got an idea of, let's say you you want to manifest um, a house, a new house. You're thinking, well, I'm living in a council flat, but I actually want my own house. So you say to the universe, I want to manifest my own three bedroom house. And if not that, something better and it's about clear what your standards are so the universe then that's non-negotiable <laughs> so the universe if you want your own house well I'm going to make it that shack on some beach in the middle of nowhere you know it's like <laughs> it's like I want that or something better don't be vague about it because then you can end up with anything you know? <laughs> find yourself living in an aircraft hangar you know it wasn't quite what I had in mind <laughs> yeah room for improvement admittedly but a bit drafty <laughs> some serious DIY required yeah it's about rougher. being yeah, about being clear. That's what goal setting is all about. That's why mm-hmm. writing out when I work with business women or, or women for the spiritual development, it's just a question of what goals do you have for the next 12 months? Let's work, be clear, write it out exactly. So you write out your vision. Like I said, you write out where you're living, where the sun rises in the morning, describe the wallpaper, describe your bedroom, visualize it put yourself in there visualization is so important visualize it till you can feel it smell it do it every single day even if it's just when you're lying in bed in the morning visualize 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 because what your brain perceives as a reality is what's going on in your head mm. simple as so make that vision real in your head and you will get there beautiful i love it it's been amazing to talk to you and we could just keep going so I'm going to stop us here yes <laughs> yeah. this, this episode will never end yes before, before everybody nods off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got to really need a cup of tea and a biscuit <laughs> or a wee you know? yeah. <laughs> need to get up yeah. good thing about podcasts you can pause them yeah, <laughs> yeah. thankfully yeah. so now that everyone's kind of got to meet you kind of just hear about how you think and how you see the world how can they work with you know more about you keep in touch with you um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. So if you look up Faye Semple on Facebook, you'll find my page on my profile or I'm on Instagram or I've got a website, which is www.faysemple.com. So yeah, so that's where I am. Perfect. And I have all those links in the show notes so everyone can find you nice and easily. Faye, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Bye.